0: With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears, Go Bears presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming.
1: And now joining us here on the Bearport podcast to give us some insight on a potential number one draft pick for the Chicago Bears. It's Shotgun Sprattling. He covers USC football. He's a managing editor at USCfootball.com of 24/7 Sports. Shotgun man, thanks so much for uh, joining me and uh, taking your time off the day. Yeah, no problem. Let's get right into it. So Bears have been the number one pick. Uh, they got it from Carolina in a trade last year, and it looks like it's going to be Caleb Williams if they decide to move on from Justin Fields. That's kind of the way I think they're leaning. Tell us about Caleb Williams. Um, you know, in his time at USC.
2: I mean, Caleb Williams is just such a dynamic player. Uh, you, know, you saw that last year with the Heisman run. Uh, kind of coming out of nowhere, you know. He played some at Oklahoma. He transfers over with Lincoln Riley to USC when Lincoln Riley comes over, and you know everyone knows Caleb Williams is going to be the starter. What are you going to get out of him? And there's positive things that you saw at Oklahoma, especially when he first comes in in that Texas game. But there were also some some games later in the season where it seemed like teams kind of had a better bead on him. Um, and, you know, what were you going to get from him? He was fantastic. In two, his two years at USC, he was extraordinary. Uh, you know, he just got better and better as the, the 2022 season progressed. And then you go into the 2023 season – and he, you know, is the returning Heisman winner. So there's all this pressure and everything. And I think the entire team struggled with the pressure, um, not necessarily just Caleb Williams or you know it being on him, but the entire team struggled with the expectations of what was happening. But then you look at it and you go, "Oh, Caleb Williams, you just didn't have as good of a year, right?" You look at the numbers, and it doesn't really lean out to be that way. Um, you know, his numbers were spectacular. It's just the defense was atrocious for USC this year. And you know there there are areas where he did he he could have done better, um, and you know sometimes the numbers don't bear that out. Uh, but you know he was outstanding once again. He'll go down in USC lore as quite possibly the best quarterback ever at USC. And you know that's a that's a, a tall list, uh, a tall task to have when you have someone like Matt Liner who's won multiple national championships. You have Carson Palmer. You have some other guys along the way as well.
1: And I'm glad you brought that up because, excuse me, you know I feel like we like to look at the negatives all the time in a player's game, and everyone points to the Notre Dame game and you know the the the, I believe the Oregon loss this year. When I watched Caleb Williams, there was a lot more good than bad, and I think you're spot on. Like, yeah, you know he probably didn't play good in the Notre Dame game. That's going to happen. That's a really good defense. Um, I like to compare it to Justin Fields not playing well against Northwestern when he was at Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. I guess my question is, you mentioned it was the defense that kind of let them down a little bit. Um, You know, was there a game besides Notre Dame where maybe you did find a little, okay, Caleb's just having another, you know, rough day? Or was that pretty much the only one?
2: No, I mean, you look at his two years and that, that Notre Dame game really stands out because multiple interceptions. Um, and he just tried to do too much and he admitted it afterwards and I think that's the pressure of the expectations of the season where they were undefeated going into that game and but they weren't a good team and the defense, Put that pressure on them every single time you had the ball. It felt like you needed to score because the defense is probably going to give. It wasn't just a little bit of the defense; it was a lot bit of the defense uh, okay. this year for USC, unfortunately. And the, the defense never improved, and that was one of the probably the biggest disappointing things for me for USC is that their defense I thought would improve as the season progressed and never did. And that obviously that led to Alex Grinch being fired. But the Notre Dame game was definitely, uh, you know, you see the interceptions are pressure in Caleb Williams's face. And he tried to do a little bit too much. And I think that was one of the things, and that's one of the knocks on him is that you know he tries to extend plays a little bit too long at times, and he can do that because you know he, he doesn't have to be perfect in you know finding tight windows. Because hey, if that tight window is there, do I have to force that throw in there? And especially not at the college level. No, because I can create and somebody will eventually come open. And you saw that with some of his plays where he's running around for you know literally 10 seconds. 10-second play. I mean, everyone baffled at that Mahomes play. Uh, you know, the, uh, last week I think it was uh, where he ran around for nine seconds. It's like, okay, yeah. And people go, you know, when they look at Caleb Williams highlights, they go, that'll never happen in the NFL. And you look at Patrick Mahomes, you go, okay, well, maybe certain certain people can make it happen. And you look at Lamar Jackson and stuff like that. So that's what you're getting from Caleb Williams is that creativity. But that was also a knock on him is that at times he didn't want to force the issue because he knew that he could also still run around, do a little bit more, so he would hold on to the ball a little bit longer. But the Notre Dame game is the is the one game that stands out because he did have the multiple interceptions. That's the thing that was also super impressive about him is that he has great accuracy. He has great accuracy on the run. He can break tackles. He can make guys miss. All these things. He can throw the ball 65, 70 yards down the field. But he did he never really forced the issue except in that Notre Dame game and I think just again the expectations and the pressure of being you know the returning Heisman yeah. all the all the you know the accolades and stuff that are coming with it he's trying to recreate himself but also trying to get USc to the playoff and at being six and0 at that time you know all that stuff is in front of them and they go to Notre Dame and it's the very very first third down literally pressure right in his face because just an absolute whiff block on the offense line. And he throws the ball high and it gets intercepted. And then I think he started pressing a little bit. And so now, you know, a little bit later in the first half, he tries to roll out to his left and he's got pressure in his face again. He's, you know, it's right before halftime. He's trying to make something happen to get him back in the game. And he gets, he throws a ball that he shouldn't throw and he should just throw it away. And he admits it. I think that's the thing about Caleb Williams that really, another thing that really stood out about him is that he was quick to admit his faults. Okay. It wasn't like this person didn't do this, we didn't do he took blame for everything. He does, you know, all the leadership qualities. I know there's a lot of stuff that that people want to ask about, you know, how's he his teammate? How's he this? Everyone around him loves him. And, you know, whenever you look, oh, well, he paints his fingernails and he writes curse words on his fingernail. Oh, he's the first guy that will take blame for, you know, his offense line not being good in front of him. He will take blame instead of blaming them you know, the run game's not doing anything and it's all on him, he takes the blame for it. He does all those things that you want out of a quarterback in that in, in those regards. So, you know, when people look at some of the outside things and, you know, during the offseason he's modeling, uh, you know, walking the, the runway, doing a mo- and people are like, oh, he's not concentrating. The kid – and, like, people get upset with him about a lot of different things. He's like, he's not a party kid. He doesn't like going out and doing things. And he, he said after a game when they lost, he said – we lost. I want to go yeah. home to go snuggle with my puppy. And people are like, took that as a bad thing. It's like, how can every single thing be bad about the kid when really he wants to go mm-hmm. home? And he just wants to sulk in his loss because he takes everything so emotionally. The crying, his mom, you know, he takes everything to heart that much because he cares that much. So, you know, all those things definitely stood out to me. Um, and when you ask about bad games, I, I, the Notre Dame is really the only one that stands out.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com/slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: I'm glad you brought that up. I, I like the emotion. I had no problem with, with the crying to his mom after the game because I don't Correct me if I'm wrong, but that you know pretty much eliminated them from like the pac-12 title game, I think um, pretty much ruined any hopes they had of, of making a big bowl game. I, I like that. I want that in a quarterback. Like he cares to me from the outside. It looks like he cares the pain in the fingernails. I, I don't care. If he's drafted <laughs> to Chicago and he puts, you know, F green Bay, Chicago is going to love, him, you know, for <laughs> right away. So I, I, I'm glad you kind of talked about that. I I do want to talk about one moment that continually gets brought up to me when I'm trying to talk to people and it's the bad teammate, you know, quote unquote bad teammate thing. And I think the video of a USC player saying something, I, I don't know what he fully said. Um, it's one player. I don't think it's ever been like on record that it was towards Caleb or anything like that. What did you kind of make of that during the bowl game? Was that. I, mean, I, I
2: believe you're referencing one of the defense players. They had an intercept or a, a forced to fumble late and okay. they said, We're a new team.
1: Yes, yes.
2: And to me, now, I was not on the sideline for that game. Uh, normally I am, but I didn't make it out for the bowl game this year. Um, but to me, that told me we're a new defense. We're wow, a full okay. team now because their defense was atrocious, and their defense was great in the bowl game. Yeah. It was a 180 on the defense side. They couldn't tackle anybody all year. They averaged more than 10 missed tackles. They've actually averaged more than 10 missed tackles per game for six years now. Um, but – in the bowl game, they only had, I think, six, and four of them were one player. So they tackled phenomenally. They you know took care of their assignments. They still got some points, but they played so much better. And you go, okay, and they had already had their defensive coordinator. Now the defensive coordinator did not actually coach the bowl game, but they had hired Denton Atlanta from across town at UCLA. To me, that told me they were talking about the defense And they're a new defense. And this is a player who had been injured throughout the season, so he wasn't out there, Jacoby Covington. um, And he's a guy that could have been in the mix, uh, was in the mix starting before he got injured. So I I think that all led to me. I don't think anyone's talking about Caleb Williams because guess who was on the sideline cheering on all those guys? Guess who was the first person to run out there and jump on the shoulders of Miller Moss, the backup quarterback, who you know? Who took his place in that game and threw six touchdowns? Threw a you know a you know a, a Holiday Bowl record six touchdowns. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams was yeah. the first guy out there, and you see his his teammates interact with him on the sideline. It's not like he's ostracized and he's over on the side and by himself sitting on the bench and he's sulking or whatever. No, his teammates are always there. They're all it's always smiles and stuff. You know, in, in the the proper moments, uh, you know, he's. I've not heard a single bad thing about him from his teammates. And so that stands out because, you know, you talk to players and, you know, even if, you know, if it's not the quarterback's fault, the quarterback can be blamed for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it's a wider C, it's not throwing the ball my way. If he would play on schedule more, you know, all these type of things where you could see where they wouldn't necessarily be blaming Caleb Williams and saying he's a bad teammate, but, but say if he did these things a little bit different. I haven't heard any of those things. So, you know, when you talk to players and they don't complain about the quarterback, I don't know why, you know, the fans can complain about, oh, he's doing this or he's doing that. Because, uh, we you know, we had USC fans in our message boards and he's doing too many endorsement deals. It's like, that's all done before the season for the most part. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's a lot of complaints out there about Caleb Williams, but I think he's a generational quarterback. To be honest, I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. And I hope the Bears – Trade that pick to the Atlanta Falcons, and Caleb Williams can reunite can can unite with a, another former USC player, Drake London, down in Atlanta, and I would be very ecstatic about that. It, regardless of the draft capital that has to be, you know, purged to make that happen, um, and I like Justin Fields. I know I've co- I covered Justin Fields in high school as well. Um, went out to Atlanta and saw him play. Saw him play out in LA at a couple of events and stuff. So you know, I, I think he's a good quarterback. It hasn't had the right system and everything else that's gone on around him because yeah. that is such a big deal in the NFL. Um, is, is getting the pieces around you, both the playmakers and the, the the coordinator that's calling the plays for you. But to me, I think Caleb Williams is different than any quarterback I've seen. I've seen a ton of great quarterbacks come through the Pac-12 in the last decade or so, you know, that I've been covering USC and he stands out he's just unique the ability to throw off platform and you know the fact that he cares so much now i do think he has to cut that back a little bit
1: okay. you're playing
2: 17 games in the nfl yeah. and a loss does not mean the same as it does in college football so he will have to make an adjustment because he he basically has cried after every game now he hasn't sobbed into his mom's shoulder like he did in that game but you know utah last year their first loss he cried uh, utah in the pack 12, but then also t- the the things that are on the line in those games are much different than, you know, your, your bears lions game in September or, uh, you know, in October or something early in the season. Um, So those type of games will will be a little bit different um, for him. And I don't think you'll necessarily see the tears, but it showed me how much he cared about it and how much he cared because he would stay and watch, you know, he would be on the bench, watching the other team celebrate. Um, And Utah fans got upset that he didn't shake their hands it's not like it's a you know there's a hockey handshake line after every game it's like yeah. some players go into the locker room immediately some hanging back and see people so I didn't really i wasn't upset about that so a lot of things that people get upset with about Caleb Williams I do not see his fault i think he's terrific i think there are areas of his game he still has to improve yes but as as a person and as a leader I've heard no complaints about him
1: When you talk about the off-platform stuff, I I, I love that from his game. I, I think Drake May is pretty good at it as well at times. Um, what makes Caleb though special? Like, what is it? Is it his arm talent? Is it the arm strength? Well, I mean, what exactly stands out to you the most besides maybe the off-platform stuff?
2: It, he's he's a running back with a quarterback's arm. Okay, like he is so strong. Like when you see him up close, and then particularly when he puts pads on, he's just thick. So he's hard to bring down. He's hard to bring down in the pocket, whether it be his elusivity, uh, you know, when he's ducking rushers and stuff like that. But he's just hard to tackle. So that enables him to create some more stuff. But then when he does go off platform, when he gets outside the pocket, it's the torque that he can create. You know, he can be running to his left and he just he does so many drills. And he, he's, It's all training, too you watch him before the game, he goes through an entire sequence of at least 10 minutes where it's just all off-platform stuff um, because he knows he's going to be in those situations. So he's, you know, you're not training to be in the pocket all the time because that's not what you are as a quarterback nowadays. So, uh, you know, he trains through those things and the core strength I believe is, is one of the things that stands out and that, you know, enables him to, you know, uh, avoid tacklers, different things, but the torque he can create to be able to fit balls in the tight windows. There's a throw. One of the one of the more famous throws that he made um, was last year against UCLA. He's rolling to his left and just fires an absolute BB to Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son, on the sideline with like, there's no separation. There's no window. It's just he puts it in the one spot and it can be caught. And there, there are several throws that he's made throughout uh, his time that are similar to that. Um, now, he creates sometimes and gets guys wide open when that happens, but he also can find the small holes and fit things into tight windows. He's capable of that. Now, I think he didn't do it as much this season. I think he, he managed his risks more than he needed to this season, okay. where, like I said earlier, you know there's a tight window and maybe there's two defenders and he could fit it in there if he wanted to, he could try. But he just thinks, you know, at the college level, let me wait to see if something else pops open because someone's going to come open, you know, in a, there's going to be a someone who's more wide open if I create a little bit longer because no one's going to tackle me in the pocket, anyways. I think that was his mindset. Whereas I think, uh, you know, a, a quarterback coach and office coordinator are going to have to kind of drive that out of him a little bit. Like, hey, we got to stay on schedule and attack, you know, attack that first read, attack the second read, you know, and then, you know, go from there um so i I think that's something that he'll have to grow a little bit in and that's probably the biggest area of weakness i i find in this game okay is that he's so good that he doesn't stay on schedule but i don't see it as being similar to some of the other uh you know mobile quarterbacks in the past i think he's capable of making those throws whereas you know the jamarcus russells or whoever who had monster arms but didn't have the accuracy to throw his accuracy is terrific too you know, which is why you don't see many inter- interceptions because you don't see many tips and overthrows and those type things that lead to those interceptions. You know, I, I, like I said, I, there's not many weaknesses to his game, but the ability to to basically make any throw, and he, and he practices all the sidearm throws, all that type stuff. You know, he can throw on the run. He he'll get creative. He threw one over his head this year. You know, a very Patrick Mahomes-esque with some of the things that he does. And that's it's the easiest comp to make. But it's also hard for me to make that comp because you're saying, "Hey, he's the best quarterback in the game right now." Yeah, and he is further along than where Patrick Mahomes was coming out of high, out of college, excuse me. Um, so he's a better he's better than what Patrick Mahomes was coming out of Texas Tech. Now, will he be what Patrick Mahomes was when he started at for the Kansas City and having Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and that offense? That's a much more difficult question because, like I said, you know, in the NFL, it depends so much on what's around you than just your individual talent.
1: And that was actually going to be my final question. So I'm glad you kind of brought that up. Um, you know, if it is the Bears, they don't have a number one pick bad roster. It was Carolina's pick. So, you know, their roster is still pretty good. They were, you know, I think they finished a game or two games out of the playoffs, um, kind of turned it on at the end. They'll have D.J. Moore, um, another thousand-yard receiver. They'll have Cole Komet, a pretty good tight end who's, who's kind of developed. Do you think Chicago is a good situation for him? Not only, um, you know, maybe going into their offense, but also a big market. You know, he he's out in L.A. right now. Chicago's another big market. Do you think he can that helped? You know, can help handle the press and, and all the endorsements that come with it.
2: Yeah, I don't think a big market is an issue for him. Now, I I will fault him that he did not speak to the media a couple times. Um, and I think this is my personal opinion. I think if you're a quarterback and you're captain, like you gotta speak every game. Okay. Whether it's your best game, whether it's your worst game, uh, there was and now, how much of that is him to blame? How much of that is USC not saying, "Hey, you need to talk." I I don't know. And obviously, in the NFL, you have to talk, so it's much different. Um, but you know, at USC, you're given the the players are given the option. Um, and you know, it helps when the the sports information part department pushes a little bit and say, yeah, you probably should talk. Um, but you know, they're always given the option, Hey, do you want to talk? And it's one of the, one of the reasons why NFL media really love USC players is because they've talked to the media for four straight years, basically. Um, so there were a couple of, of games where he did not talk now whose decision that was, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen him talk after those games. Um, there, there were a couple of them where, you know, we, and One of them was actually last year against Oregon State where he led the game-winning drive. He didn't play great before that. That was another game where he didn't play great, but then he finishes it off with a perfect throw um, in between you know, cover two coverage for uh, Jordan Addison to win the game in the final like minute and a half. So that was one where you want to say, hey, you didn't play great but how are you able to kind of bounce back from it? And we didn't get to talk to him after that one. But, you know, otherwise, you know, as far as handling the media, he's been great, you know, as far as his time and stuff, he's always willing to answer questions. He can be snippy at times. um, And, you know, when there's bad questions uh, asked and whatnot. And he's also a homebody. So, like, he doesn't want to be out in front of everyone all the time. So, but he does his media appearances and he does his, you know, his endorsement appearances and stuff. But like I said, he, he would much rather be home, snuggling up with a with his with his dog Supa and uh and uh you know watching TV rather than going out to the club or anything like that. So I don't think that's something you have to worry about, which is something sometimes you do with, with high profile quarterbacks or high profile first round picks. Um so I I think he's got the potential to to drastically change a franchise's fortunes. But again, I think it goes back to putting people around him too. Okay. And I don't think it's just the players like DJ Moore I thought was uh, and and I think he's in a, a number one. But I, the little bit I watched of the Bears this year is like, what are you doing with DJ yeah. Moore? And <laughs> you you guys could probably speak to that way more than I can. I love Cole Commit, um, you know Notre Dame kid, so yeah. you know know him from that rivalry. Also, former baseball player was yeah. up, you know, over ninety, uh, up to ninety five or so on the mound. The baseball coaches at Notre Dame, I cover baseball as well, were were a little bit upset they didn't get him for another year. <laughs> uh, they were hoping, uh, but. You know, so there's are there are some weapons around him. So if can you protect him, and what what's the play calling going to be? Because that's the the big thing for me. I, I you know watching a little bit of the, that I watched the Bears and you know the the pieces that are picked apart and on Twitter and whatnot. You guys, so it's just like what's going on there? Well, yeah. what, what are you guys trying to build? What are you trying to build towards And <laughs> some of the play calling. Um, but if, if the play calling are, is good around him, I think he's going to have a phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, and he stays healthy, I think he'll have a phenomenal NFL career.
1: Yeah, they they did make it. They brought in Shane Waldron as a new offensive coordinator, so that that yep. should help. But you're you're right, man. Like that's been like that my whole life. It's just what the <laughs> heck are they doing with the offense? So I think there's excitement around Caleb. Um, you know, we'll we'll just see. I mean, they could still take Justin and trade the pick, but I think they're leaning Caleb. Um, but yeah, good stuff, man. That was very informative. Um, where can everyone follow you on Twitter X, whatever it's called now, and uh, read your work? <laughs> you mentioned baseball too, so.
2: Yeah, You can catch me on, on Twitter at Shotgun SPR, as you can see here. And then, if you want to follow college baseball at all, it's Shotgun SPR D1. I cover, you know, the West Coast and the Northeast there as well. So, uh, but you know, looking forward to seeing what the draft holds. And as I said, I would not be disappointed if you guys want to trade that pick to the Falcons.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, if, if maybe if they get an offer that you know, he can't refuse, maybe maybe they do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm in the boat. I think I think they should go, Caleb. But that's it's just been a big battle. That's all it's been uh, on Twitter. So thanks again so much, man. I appreciate it. We'll have to connect down the line as well. Thank you very much for having
2: me.